This is Talking Work. I'm Deborah Ishihara. There are lots of pressures on businesses at the moment, some of which come from macroeconomic forces that individual businesses are subject to but can't really control. COVID-19 was one of those, but today I want to take a look at some others and think about how businesses can build back better to deal with them. Welcome to Talking Work, the employment law podcast by Yus Laboris. In each episode, we invite a different guest to discuss what's happening in the world of work. If you're an HR professional of any kind, this podcast is for you. Burkhardt Gopfert is a partner in our German law firm, Klimt HR Lawyers. He's not only a very good lawyer, but he's also a bit of a thinker and is a pretty interesting person to talk to when it comes to the broader scale. I want to get his perspective on how businesses can build back after COVID in a more resilient way so that they're able to deal with some of the challenges on the horizon. Burkhardt, welcome back to the podcast. Yes. Hello. Nice to see you. Very good speaking. Verkart, you've talked in the past about the likelihood of us starting to experience much higher inflation than we've become used to. And that does already seem to be happening. Some of that could be caused by supply chain issues and shortages of raw materials, for example. Um, could you tell us your views, Burkhart, on how inflationary pressures could affect employment going forward? Absolutely. Um, I think it's... Um relatively new experience to many of us because we haven't experienced inflation, at least in the Eurozone over the last almost 10 years. So most of us keep forgetting that negotiating an employment contract used to be a fight against inflation. Because when you think about countries like I experienced in Poland in the early 90s, when inflation rates were above 15%, you know, any wages that would be uh, negotiated, any kind of negotiated deal, and, and that includes long-term relationships like employment agreements, had mitigation risks and mitigation clauses against inflation. And we have completely forgotten about this. And now we see that there is a tendency to inflation in the euro um, zone. We have about 3.1% by the end of this year, which is not dramatic and which may um, partly be described as a natural effect of supply chain shortages and all the post-COVID effects that we see on the world markets. But at the same time, there may be a tendency in this prolonging, and um, we have other jurisdictions, including jurisdictions that are rather close to us, like you take Turkey, um, you take Lithuania, or you take Egypt, um, which is not so far away from us, where there is breathtaking inflation rates. So I think inflation has become an issue. And it's an, an issue that goes beyond wage negotiation. It goes into the direction of um, the positioning of trade unions to collective bargaining agreements in general. Hmm. Okay, so lots of shifting sands there. What should businesses be doing to plan around this kind of uncertainty? I think at the moment it's a little bit of um, fixing individual problems. I think most people who work internationally in, in our labor relation field will have their special clients where uh, countries have very high inflation rate and you have to cope with the negative impact this has on mostly a limited number of employees. But in general, I think it, um, it has a very severe impact on our business planning. What we see is that a lot of business plans, and in particular in business environments where there is more critical financial situation, where there have been like one or two percent being on a steady basis provided for as wage increases due to ongoing inflation and those underlying assumptions may prove to be wrong we recently have been talking to clients and telling them that they have to rethink their their planning process and that will have an impact on your hr planning process as such because if your wages will be increasing on the midterm in high cost countries and we're talking about high cost countries when we look at europe here 
this will have an immediate impact on the way you know how do you place in um, your employment and your staff planning um, throughout the globe and you may want to start thinking about um, a strategy of moving um, a workforce even in a more radical way into non-inflation countries or low inflation countries Okay, so quite apart from inflation now, there's a lot of talk these days about how businesses are going to have to rethink the way they um, work to make their operations more environmentally sustainable. Um, There are many aspects to this that affect HR, and we're going to be talking about these a lot over the next few months in our publications. But Burkhart, could you just give us a flavour of the sort of thing being environmentally sustainable should involve from an HR perspective? I think it started um, very, you know, like local everyone was looking at the paper waste and um, the the heating system and the ecologic balance of you know business activities but we have gone far beyond i think the major driver in the m&a market these days is already um, carving out processes for environmentally not so sustainable businesses so we see this happening we have recent statements of the um, CEOs of Goldman and Blackstone, who have very dramatically told us that they, the way they look at businesses is, is completely from the environmental side. And at the same time, we see lawmakers' activity in France, for example, where consultation rights have been strengthened with regard to environmental impacts of um, of consultation obligations. And we see this coming over to other jurisdictions. I can tell you about my jurisdiction that we look at the French example quite closely now and we see the first union activism with uh, larger German companies where they start requesting through the uh, consultation process into the environmental effects of measures that are being proposed um, in the consultation processes. So I think we will see within the next six to 12 months uh, some heavy impact on consultation, on the planning of consultation processes when it comes to defend them from a ecological standpoint and that can you know go back to the supply chain issues because they have ecologic impact but also you know the production shift the whole setup of a company um, and also the the way we look at products and um, works councils and unions will start to look into this but not because suddenly you know they're all greenwashed but they have understood that the sustainability and uh, the green impact of your business is on the midterm already um, a question of um, retention of jobs and locations in, in our respective countries. And what about ethics then? When we talk about ethics in terms of employment, there are a whole lot of aspects to this, including diversity, equality and inclusion, transparency, ethical customer and employee relations, etc. We're not going to try and cover all of that today as it's a pretty vast area, but just to home in on one of the aspects, I'd like to talk about supply chain due diligence. Essentially, how should employers go about making sure that not only they themselves, but also the third party suppliers that they deal with act ethically? As I understand it, there's a new law in Germany about this in force from the 1st of January. Um, what can you tell me about this new law, Burkhard? Basically, there is similar laws in almost all of the European jurisdictions in the meantime, because we're just following European directives in implementing laws that require companies to look into their supply chains from an ethical point of view. And um, you're absolutely right. Um, supply chain due diligence is in, in the heart of the discussion now, whether you use third-party providers or whether you have your own organization strengthened. We have a law in Germany that initially even you know, would involve damages claims from 
um, being brought in German courts for the violation of ethic requirements in the supply chain. This has been changed last minute by the lawmakers, um, but um, it's not completely off the table. And, you know, taking a broader look at this, it means that our entire HR policies will have to follow much closer look into the ethical um, perspective of our respective businesses because this is a main retention factor. This will be a main factor in recruiting. Um, this will be a main factor in recruiting in particular the younger generations and keep them within our, you know, sometimes old businesses is the question on whether we're not only talking about ethics and have some nice little words in the entry hall, but we really act according to these ethical rules. And I think um, works councils, unions and um, HR directors will have to work strongly together to encourage the rest of the management team to follow the ethical guidelines because it not following them has an immediate impact into your HR positioning, the question whether you are being regarded as a, as a good employer as um, so an employer of choice will very closely um, be interlinked with these ethical standards. And the new law in Germany is just one element, um, one, one additional element to this general discussion. Well, thank you very much, Burkhardt, for your insights today. I think we're going to be hearing more about supply chain laws in the future. And in fact, we're doing an international survey on that very subject at the moment. So do look out for that. We're also majoring on the whole area of business resilience. We've put a link in the notes to a new page on our website with lots of resources on resilience, including a business resilience report and lots of tips to help you fortify your HR practice. Do take a look. And you can find Burkhardt's contact details in the notes and mine are there as well. You're always welcome to contact me on anything to do with employment law and I'll answer your query or put you in touch with a partner in the country or countries that interest you. Do browse around our website by the way, there's lots of information there on all sorts of employment related topics at usethepoorest.com Thanks for listening and do join us again next time That's it for this episode of Talking Work but we'll be back very soon with more insights from our guests from around the world If you've enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe to the podcast you can also visit usaboris.com to access all our content resources and tools.